Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 100. We've hit 100. Uh, season 2. And this episode is What Develops Leaders. And I could subtitle it Learning from Adversity. Because um, last time we talked a little bit about why people would want to follow you, follow you and how leaders can affect uh, teachers staying in school and keeping educators in the profession. Um, all those are signs of good leadership. And this time I want to look at um, uh, something I've been reading recently and it made me do some reflection on my own career uh, from Harvard's Business Review on leadership on a section... Uh, in their chapter called Crucibles of Leadership by Warren Bennis and Robert J. Thomas. And everybody knows Warren Bennis. Uh, we've used some of his books on this show. He's one of the um, leadership thought gurus who's out there. Uh, most colleges use his books uh, for their courses uh, on leadership. And I want to share a little bit from that and get into a few things that started making me think a little bit about what makes people leaders anyway. Um, as lifelong students of leadership, we are fascinated with the notion of what makes a leader. Why is it that certain people seem to naturally inspire confidence, loyalty, and hard work, while others who may have just as much vision and smarts stumble again and again? It's a timeless question and there's no simple answer, but we have come to believe it has something to do with the different ways that people deal with adversity. Uh, and that's where I started thinking about some of the things in my career and uh, what makes leaders and what and how some succeed and some don't. And uh, over the years, seeing different leaders around me uh, fail, uh, different leaders that I knew weren't up to the challenge, uh, definitely not being able to handle what they had in front of them uh, and what happened when leaders could and learning from uh, good leadership and uh, people around me that were succeeding well. And it didn't necessarily always have to do with the degree. And the, uh, as they were saying, smarts, they could be uh, book smart and they could have a PhD. They could have numerous PhDs, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to succeed as a leader. That doesn't guarantee you're going to succeed in anything because I've seen just as many people fail with uh, extended degrees and everything else. And I'm not putting that down by any means because uh, education is extremely important and I have uh, various degrees myself. But uh, that is not necessarily an indicator of success. Uh, let's get to what they call the idea in brief. Um, what enables one leader to inspire confidence, loyalty, and hard work while others with equal vision and intelligence stumble? How individuals deal with adversity provides a clue Extraordinary leaders find meaning in and learn from the most negative elements or events. Uh, like phoenixes rising from the ashes, they emerge from adversity stronger, more confident in themselves and their purpose, and more committed to their work. So uh, experiences that you have, so definitely we've talked about experience before. Uh, such transformative events are called crucibles, a severe test or, or trial. Crucibles are intense, often traumatic, and always unplanned. And then he goes on in another part of this uh, section. In interviewing more than 40 top leaders in business and the public sector over the past three years, we're surprised to find that all of them, young and old, were able to point to intense, often traumatic 
always unplanned experiences that had transformed them and had become the sources of the distinctive leadership abilities. Um, almost as if they were tested. Uh, we came to call these experiences that shaped the leaders crucibles after the vessels medieval alchemists used in their attempts to turn base metals into gold. For the leaders we interviewed, the crucible experience was a trial and a test, a point of deep self-reflection that forced them to question who they were and what mattered to them. It required them to examine their values, question their assumptions, hone their judgment, and invariably they emerged from the crucible stronger and more sure of themselves and their purpose. And they changed in some fundamental way. Uh, one of the things I do as a, uh, a certified behavior consultant, too, when I'm working with leaders is I actually have them take different things through the disc, like the disc 4D, and uh, do more study uh, um, reflection into their personalities and the traits that they have and how they can use those uh, to be a successful leader. Uh, and many times there are many times there are blind spots that people have that they uh, don't realize that they have and these are within their personality and within their makeup and their values and things that you can continue to work on and improve. And uh, the, those are the things that help them to self-reflect and to start to see how they can be a better leader. Um, Strengths Finder is another good uh, Gallup's instrument that helps uh, from the Gallup's uh, industry or Gallup uh, um Everybody knows about Gallup surveys and uh, Strengths Finder and Strengths Explorer and all that kind of stuff through them. There's a lot of great books too, Strengths 2.0 and stuff through Marcus Buckingham, great materials. Uh, more that help you uh, to self-reflect and be more insightful into your own uh, leadership. And these crucible experiences they talk about, um, I started thinking back to some of mine and I'll share some of those in a minute, but there's some of the things... Uh, they continue, crucibles force leaders into deep self-reflection where they examine their values, question their assumptions, and hone their judgment. And some of the crucibles I thought I probably have had during uh, my career is when I was first an assistant principal, uh, a, a new assistant to a high poverty building, 90% uh, free and reduced lunch. I was brand new, didn't know what I was doing, and uh, learning, uh, and there was a a principal there that had only been there uh, just starting in that building and uh, she was the one that hired me but then uh, she actually uh, had her own um, I don't know what you want to call them battles or whatever but she eventually uh, she continued while I was there to resign she resigned three times while I was there and by doing this uh, every time she resigned I was in charge and I was a brand new assistant, very green, and in a very high needs building in a high poverty area. So a lot of times I, I said I was learning to, uh, I was learning the ropes for sure uh, right away and had no choice. And those were definite uh, crucible experiences for me because I had to learn a uh, quick leadership style on how to work with staff on how to organize. I remember doing conferences uh, on my own. I remember scheduling uh, conferences. I remember scheduling security and uh, translators uh, through liaisons and um, doing a fundraiser assembly and getting the fundraiser going and doing all kinds of uh, pictures. I remember doing pictures as a school and organizing those. Uh, all these things that were happening that you had to do uh, were things that I had to do. And within that, I learned more about my leadership. And then I was getting pulled different directions from the district 
on what to do and how to handle things. And by the time I left at Thanksgiving, I wasn't sure who was going to be in charge and if I would come back uh, having to do more myself again or if they would have somebody else at the helm. And they ended up putting somebody else back at the helm. A retired principal came back and I learned a great deal from her. Um, uh, from Joan McRae. She was an awesome principal. But I learned a gr uh, great deal from her on how to be an effective leader at that point. But that was a crucible experience. Another experience for me, uh, a critical experience was uh, when I was, uh, I had been in this building probably 10 years then as uh, as I became principal a year later. And uh, I was that in that building for 10 years. And uh, we turned around that building and our scores went way up and that was a time of no child left behind. Uh, we got into positive behavior intervention supports, which you've heard me talk about numerous times on the show. And we turned that building around and brought our uh, behavior down and our academics up and made some major changes, became a model safe school for the district and uh, even got a safe school award uh, from the Lorraine uh, Giles uh, uh, Health and Safety Council. So that was a uh, a milestone for the staff. Um, we had a lot, a lot of good things happened in that building. And then it became, there was a point where I had gotten interested in the focus school and shared ideas. And I've shared that story before. So I won't go into that at length, but then basically I was moving to starting this new innovative school from scratch when I was selected, uh, and running the current building I was in. And I did that for a good three, maybe months, three months or more. I can't remember because the district took a while to uh, replace me. And in doing that, I was running two buildings. I was running uh, the current building I was in, which was a high needs, high poverty building of uh, anywhere from 550 to 675 students, uh, very diverse population. And uh, we had a lot of good things in place, but I was running back and forth to another district and starting this other building that was a joint effort between other districts and turning a building into what was going to be our building and starting a building basically from scratch. So I was running back and forth and burning the candle at both ends. And at, at one time that actually did take a toll a little bit on my health for a while. And I um, got that under control and uh, basically eventually they hired somebody for the other building that I was running. But in doing that, that was another crucible moment because I had learned to do a lot of different things and uh, do them well and learn to balance. And I had to learn to balance. I was actually forced to learn to balance a little more after my body said, hey, you can't keep up this kind of a pace. So, I mean, those are another uh, crucible moment for me. And then I can think of other smaller ones throughout my whole career. And I won't share all those right now, of course, but uh, uh, one of them was some of the regular crises we had at the that high poverty building I was talking about, including uh, uh, shootings near the playground and one that I even witnessed and at that time um, was able to use our procedures and routines and, you know, blow the whistle and get the kids in right away and call 911 and lock down our building and uh, everybody was kept safe, thank God, and we were able to uh, learn from that experience and uh, ways to continue to make our school safer and ways to continue to work uh, with the local law enforcement and increase some of the partnerships that we already had. So we had some great things going, but those were all crucible experiences and leadership for sure that helped to uh, increase and and help me as a leader. Uh, and one of the things he talks about it um, 
he talks about developing the essential leadership skills. And it says four skills enable leaders to learn from adversity. And the first one is engage others in shared meaning. For example, Sidney Harmon mobilized employees around a radical new management approach amid a factory crisis. And that was a story he told earlier, which I'm not going to share that story with you. But the main uh, main uh, point I wanted you to see was engaging others in a shared meaning. Uh, and, it, and they talk about that too, of a leader able to bring people into that vision uh, and then they talk about having a distinctive, compelling voice uh, and how you can actually uh, help to work with your staff um, within your voice and within promoting your vision. And another one is integrity um, and your values uh, that you share uh, during an emotionally charged uh, situation or uh, incident that could happen. And then they, he talks about adaptive capacity too. And that includes the ability to grasp a context in hardiness and uh, weighing many factors and, and how different people will uh, react. And, and it says without this leader, without this quality, leaders can't connect with constituents uh, or with your, your staff and with your people. Um, hardiness provides the perseverance and toughness needed to remain hopeful despite disaster, for instance, uh, Michael Klein made millions in real estate during his teens, lost it all by age 20, then built several more businesses, including transforming a tiny software company into Hewlett-Packard uh, acquisition. So, uh, of course, growing into a large, uh, huge company. Uh, the main point is learning from those uh, experiences that you have and uh, learning from those things that you have that happen along the way as you develop as a leader and I wanted to talk briefly about those tonight and keep you thinking about the experiences that you may think may be hard. Uh, some of you may be thinking right now the pandemic has been an experience or a crucible experience for you because you've had to readjust schedules and uh, work with families and parents and figure out how to get technology out to students and uh, maybe even work on the infrastructure for the technology and all kinds of things that weren't expected uh, during the last couple of years in order to keep the school running. So uh, leadership has required you to do a lot of the different things that you didn't expect to be doing. And that is the case as well. A lot of times things that uh, fall under your job description, we've talked about job descriptions before, may not necessarily be uh, what you'd normally have within your job description. Because as a leader, you are responsible for everything within that organization and uh, building that culture and helping everything uh, run smoothly. And as we said, those crucible experiences are what can kind of make a difference and what can help you develop as a leader. And as you learn from adversity, that can help you become a better leader and how you work with people and how you work with your staff. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap tonight with a quote. And our quote this evening is, followers have a very clear picture of what they want and need from the most influential leaders in their lives, trust, compassion, stability, and hope. And that's Tom Rath. So as always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.